You're listening to the winning literary show, Off the Shelf Books Talk Radio, live with host Denise Turney, author of the books Long Walk Up, Portia, Love More Over Me, Spiral, Love Has Many Faces, and Rosetta's Great Hope. Turn up your dial and get ready for a blast of feature author interviews, 411 on book festivals, writing conferences, and so much more. Ready? Let's go. If people are doubting how far you can go, go so far that you can't hear them anymore. Good morning, good morning, and y'all want to welcome you to our loyal listeners 16 years in and those tuning in for the first time. As I always say, you are listening to the Winning Book Radio Show off the shelf. And again, I want to repeat that quote by Michelle Ruse. If people are doubting how far you can go, go so far that you can't hear them anymore. Welcome to this Saturday, August the 14th. Oh my goodness, I was just thinking this morning, you all, I woke up, I said, we are in the middle of August. It seemed like August just started like two, three days ago. We're already in the middle, so if there's something you want to do, as our guest, uh, today's guest is going to share, get started now. Get started on it now, because before you look up, you're going to say, it's over. The whole thing. So welcome to this Saturday, August the 14th, 2021 show, and I want to thank you for joining us. We have an awesome guest on deck for you today, but before I introduce her to you, I keep asking you guys, I generally will ask you, how good of a mystery sleuth are you, and how much do you value relationships? Isn't that what everything's about? Whatever you do, wherever you go, it seems like it's all about ideals, relationships, relationships. Yeah, we relationship people you work. If you if you're self employed and I, I have been entrepreneur, full time writer, you have clients. You ever have a way to earn income? You have relationships with them. Leaving a job does not is not the end of a relationship. You will always have relationships. With the neighbors, with animals, other living beings, there's no way out of it. So to to encourage, my new question is to encourage you to love yourself, practice awareness and honesty, and is a book with techniques, easy techniques for this busy world we're in. Awaken blessings of inner love. You can get it in ebook or in print format. I really encourage you to even if you don't get the book, start discovering techniques that you can use that are easy for you to incorporate into your life every single day so you practice this awareness to awaken to inner love. If you want this book, it's an e-book or in print, Awaken Awaken to Awareness of Inner Love by Denise Turney. I encourage you to get a copy. Again, it's an e-book or in print. And let me know how you enjoy the book. And now let us go and meet our very special off-the-shelf guest. And today's off-the-shelf guest is Joyce Johnson. And Joyce is an author, public speaker, sales influencer, and business coach. Sales influencer, I like that. She started her sales career in the sports industry. She later branched out into telecommunications and energy. Joyce is also the founder of Y Sales Network. And she has worked as a full-time business owner and COO for the National Basketball Retired Players Association's Miami chapter. Books that Joyce has written include Why Sales for College Students, Top Ten Sales Tips for College Grads, and Get a Job Today, Five Things You Need to Know. Please visit Joyce Johnson online at IamJoyceJohnson.com, and that's I-A-M-J-O-Y-C-E. J-O-H-N-S-O-N.com. That's a cool website URL. I am JoyceJohnson.com. I am JoyceJohnson.com. You can even go over to I am JoyceJohnson.com right now and check out our website as you listen to the show. Again, I am JoyceJohnson.com. We are honored to have her with us on Off the Shelf this morning. Let me bring her on live. Welcome to Off the Shelf, Joyce. Oh, thank you. Good morning. Well, afternoon in some places, but thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. We do get listeners in from all over the world, so in some places it is late at night. And here where I am is, it's of course, a little after 11 Eastern Standard Time. So uh, thank you for taking time out of your day to be on Off the Shelf. Just to let you know, the first few questions I ask 
I'll ask you, I ask every guest, because our listeners like to get a little backstory on the guests before I start talking about their books and other okay. works that they're doing. So to kick it off today, Joyce, can you tell off-the-shelf listeners where you grew up and what life was like for you growing up? Wow. Well, um, so I reside here in Houston, Texas, and I grew up on a small island 45 miles south of Houston, Texas, Galveston, Texas. And um, Galveston is a small place where we can walk anywhere we go. And, um, you know, and the weather is wonderful, so sometimes we found ourselves riding our bikes outside on, on Christmas Day. And, um, you know, I often say I really wish my nieces could have grown up in a small community like Galveston. It's one of those places that as you walked around the city, if you were a few blocks from your neighborhood, there are people coming out and asking you if your mom knew that you were, <laughs> does your mom know that you were over this way? <laughs> you know, and there's always, you always felt like someone had their eye on you, right? Um, mm-hmm. It felt, you know, safe. Of course, it was a beach community, a military community, um, you know, very diverse. Both of my parents worked in a medical field. So um, we had, I, I really enjoyed um, that small community. You go to school with the same person that you in elementary school, you then you go to junior high together, you go to high school together. Um, I was in the modeling club, um, journalist, of course, and on the high school newspaper, and uh, and always in student council and leadership during my my younger years. I'm the firstborn grandchild on both sides of my family. Um, it's something I, I own very deeply. The, my love for my first cousins and and how we. Uh, we protect and grow together. And so I really enjoyed my time growing up in, in that community, you know, going to, you know, my big mama's house. <laughs> you, you know what, times back then when I hear people talk, we have different, so many guests over the years, I'm so blessed, the different people I've interviewed, not only on Off the Shelf, but when I wrote for Madam Noor and I interviewed business leaders over there and just different places where I've worked, the Network Journal and it's it's interesting to hear this. People in a certain age group, and I would say that like the baby boomers, um, they talk about this time. And you you hear some people say it's the town, but I hear people no matter where they grew up, there was a time like either the 60s or 70s where people grew up and your neighbors did look out for you. People knew their neighbors. Your neighbor was like an extended part of your family because I didn't grow up where you did, but when I was listening to you talk, I grew up in in, in Ohio, I'm thinking. It was like that where I grew up, and I, I hear other people say it. Some of them grew up in Chicago. Some of them grew up in Detroit. Some of them grew up in Florida. But that time period was when you knew your neighbors, and I mean, you knew them. You knew your neighbor. Yeah, it was you like knew your it was like extended family, and and for some reason that went away. And I I don't know I don't know if it was things where you might have found out your neighbor was doing something that they shouldn't have been doing, so people stopped being as close to their neighbors. I don't know, but something shifted that. But that that time period was when everybody knew. You know your neighbors respected your elders, and but when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? When you were a little girl, I, I wanted to be a news anchor. I wanted to be in journalism, um, and I, you know, was on the uh, the high school newspaper. And, and you know, you mentioned I want to go back to you mentioned that being a community, but that community is still that way, right? In Galveston, when I go home, my mom knows all of her neighbors for blocks and blocks away, and everyone and know each you know each other. And when their kids come into town to visit, everyone still knows us. So it's definitely something different than the big city life here that I live in Houston, Texas. But I wanted to be a news anchor. I was in journalism. I wrote for the high school newspaper, um, you know, mostly sports, some about, you know, black history and challenged some things. I was the the first um, African-American on the newspaper at my high school. And um, to and the first one to really push for having a Black History um, edition of the paper. Okay, so you wanted to be, go into journalism, and now look, you writing books. So that's not like such a full circle. Full circle. Yes, you, you certainly did. Now, who or what? Who or what inspired you? Want to go into like journalism? So that's the writing communications. Who or what inspired you to pursue? Book writing and book publishing. 
You know, um, for many years, I would write poems and things, and I would actually, um, you know, when I was younger, um, right out of college, had some things published in that old Reader's Digest that used to be um, in the grocery stores next to TV Guide. And, um, but, you know, I've been wanting to write a book for some years, and I just didn't know what I wanted to write about, you know, how if it would impact or, you know, be a conflict with the job that I was in at that time. And so I went to a conference, and Michelle McGee, um, she's doing with BET, and I'm not sure where she is now. I know she left there, um, but she was over BET, her. Um, she was speaking, and she said, you know, my company should be happy that I write books because, you know, it gives them exposure as well. You know, their yeah. brand is tied to and mine's tied to their brand, and it was something she said in that, that speech. I was like, uh, okay, the, the bug started going off, right? And then she must have seen it going off, so she asked me to stand up and introduce myself. And when I stood up that day, it's the first time that I said, I am Joyce Johnson. Wow. And I, wow. And I immediately went those doors, and I, I ran into a, a, my, my publisher, my current publisher, and I met him before in Houston. I said, you know, call me when we get back to Houston. And, um, you know, and that, that's it. That was history. I, I wrote my first book in 30 days. I was so inspired and so on fire after hearing her speak. Oh, my goodness. That's, that is so – what powerful. You know, each of us, we influence each other. You're talking about being a sales influencer, and we do influence each other, which leads sort of into my next question. Sales is about relationships. It's about relationships. I even some companies they'll call you like a relationship manager, or it's it is about relationships. Yet it can take a while, Joyce, as we start to lean in towards your book. It can take a while to nurture a, a, a prospective uh, relationship into an actual sale. So that is that work can at times be. Uh, you can be so close to a sale, and then at the last minute, the person goes with someone else. Instead of buying your book, they buy somebody else's book. Instead of going with your company, your product, they go with another one or they just decide they don't want to get anything at all. And that's a part of it. It just it it it, it is a marathon. You can win, you can win and have your sprints, but you have to keep training people who are in sales that this is a long, long journey. So what attracted you to this particular field of sales? And I want to piggyback on that. When you when you were attracted to sales, did you think that it would be easy? You'd get those sales real easy. You know, I did initially think it was going to be easy. <laughs> and that's because, you know, I'd always been like in retail sales. You know, um, you know, I was selling before leaving college. I was selling in a large um, department store, shoe department. And so when I hopped over, I, t- I tell the story in one of my books about my first um, sales job outside of, you know, college and it being commissions only and not having the support and resources that I needed to be successful. And I, you know, ran out of gas, right? I ran out of gas with it and, and I left it. But I found my way back to it because I did believe it was something that I can do. And I, once I studied the process of sales and, you know, you know, combine that with my my raw talent and my personality, um, my willingness to be able to um, sustain sustain the um, word no. <laughs> um, I was at, I was on fire. I took off after that. Wow, you know what your your ability to withstand the word no and to keep pushing to nurture that relationship into a self kudos to you. Now I want to ask you, what did you do in particular, as we get closer to talking about your book, what did you do in particular while you worked in professional sports sales? Well, um, when I worked in professional sports sales, I created, you know, I found out what the customer wanted, how they wanted to market their business from the director of sales, you know, what is, you know, what, and I researched companies, right? What does this company need? What is their brand? What's their mission? What 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 they want to put out to the world, right? And then how can we match that to um, create fun games and programs during game time or pre-game time um, to help them maximize their brand awareness with us? And okay, so okay. sometimes that was, you know, us going out and taking a mascot, 
sometimes it would, you know, I also helped create the first scholarship program that the organization had put together. Um, it was just, you know, hey, let's just get creative. Okay. Now, now how did you balance working in corporate sales, sports sales, and launching and growing your own business? Were you doing them all at the same time, so you were moonlighting, or did you completely stop the professional sports sales, corporate sales, and then start your own business? If not, how would, how did you balance all of that? You know, a great question, because it's always been a combination of the two, Denise. It's always been a combination of the two, right? Um, now, I have, there was a time, I, I, you know, when I left sports and I was solo, um, but I've always done the extra. I've always been asked to, uh, for people for coaching, consulting, which is why I recently created a um, sales training program, How to Win in Sales. I'm coaching business owners on how to create um, sales in that B2B space. And, you know, so it's been a combination of the two. There's times when I, there was a time when I left corporate and, you know, that whole workplace for about seven years. I was on my own. I actually lived in Miami at the time. I've also, I've also lived in the San Francisco Bay Area. So I've sold in different markets, right? And that's been very beneficial to me to, it taught me how to really hone into cultures. And that's why I got my MBA and, um, what is my MBA in? <laughs> International studies. Um, but that's why I did that, because I realized that culture is so important in sales. And even if you sell in here in the U.S., there's different cultures in Texas and how you relationship build in Texas. And there's different cultures in California, Miami, et cetera. And so that really helped me to understand that. I think when you understand people first, you talk about relationships, and my publisher, Darren, always say the difference between a contact and a contract is the R in relationships. Ah, okay, I like that. Now, as it regards book writing, why did, and I was curious about this when I was researching for your interview, why did you yeah. focus on college students? And your books, what what was it about that? Had you worked with college students before? What 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 was it that pulled you, attracted you to focusing on college students and the books that you write? Well, you know, um, you're right. I've been coaching college students, and you know, being a business owner, I worked with a lot of interns. Right, I had college interns that. Um, were paid interns, some that was needed um, an internship for college credit. You know, I've had interns that volunteered with me. And what I noticed in those conversations, because they got very comfortable as they were building relationships with me, because I would always ask, you know, what can I do to help you be successful? Um, I learned that they were the same little people that I was when I was leaving college, that they were scared, that they, they weren't as prepared as they thought they were, right? that there was definitely some gaps in getting them from college life to adulting and to work life. And I wanted to write something to help them make that transition successfully. Okay. Now, can you give off-the-shelf listeners an overview of why sales for college students? <laughs> yes. Well, why sales for college students? You guys, I actually, like I said, I wanted to help them. I First of all, I just think that the sales profession it's one of the best jobs out there, right? I'm an advocate. Like they say influencer. I'm an influencer. I'm an advocate for sales because I believe the sales profession is one of the few that will take you where you are. It doesn't matter what your educational background is. It doesn't matter what your degree is in, what your skill set is. They will take you in a sales profession, and you can take what you learned you know, and your transferable skills, go get a job, be successful, and have an opportunity to earn, you know, six figures in your first year. And I wanted college students to understand that it was there, that it was an opportunity for them. So if they didn't get that dream job they wanted, you know, that there were some options. And then also that they can take those transferable skills. So say like you have a nursing student that doesn't pass the bar, she now can go and work in pharmaceuticals. She can work in medical supply sales, medical equipment, and get to, and while she's studying to get that test done, work with hospitals, work with doctor's offices, you know, build those relationships, strengthen her personal skills to get her to that next level. What, tell us about some, some when you say skills, what are some strengths that a person might, oh, before I ask you that, I want to ask you this. 
Mm-hmm. Do you think yes. a, a, a skilled or an effective salesperson, because some people get, getting sales seems to become easier to them than to others, do you think that's an innate ability to be a good salesperson? I, I think um, there is an innate ability to um, pick up the phone and go do it you know, or, or to go knock on those doors. I think that, that there's some there's some personality traits for sure, you know, com- being confident. You know, I have a book also, Why Sales for Athletes. You know, they have a lot of, um, you know, leadership skills and team building skills and things that can help them be successful. But I also write in the book, you know, some if you think about a time that you were selling your parents on something, right, you wanted to go out to a concert or an event or a weekend, and you knew your parents was highly unlikely not going to let you go, right? You go up to your mom, you're t- telling her all about it, you're selling her on it. You're saying, well, Denise's mom already said that she can go, Denise's dad is going to pick us up, this is going to happen, right? You're giving all that information to your mom, your customer at the time that you're selling to, <laughs> and then you go in for the closing after you after you've given her all the valuable information you think that she needs to make a decision. You come back and you close her. Can I go, right? And so I, but I, I so and that's why I think that people can be taught sales, right? And there's a lot of companies out there today that have great training programs, and they really um, invest in the college students when they're coming aboard, and they can train you on the process because they're, they're def, there's definitely a sales process. And even if you don't have that bubbly personality, because I've had some people on my teams throughout the years as a leader that didn't have that, but I assured them if they followed the process, then they could be successful, and they were. Okay. And that so helped. so anybody, if they follow the process, should see. You might not see the same level of success, but you should see some success. Can the book okay. Why Sales for College Students? Can the book benefit someone in sales who's been out of school for years? And if so, why? I think so, but people have been out of school for years, and people that are changing, making transitions, I like for them to pick up my book, Top Ten Self Tips for College Grads. And the reason with that book is because I do get more into the process. But college students, is an introduction to sales. It's telling them about sales, what type of sales jobs are out there, you know, what to expect for salaries, how to get paid, et cetera. And I dive a little bit deeper into the planning of your day um, in the Top Ten Self Tips for College Grads. How do you plan your week, your month for success? How do you get past the gatekeeper? How do you engage your team for success? So I would recommend that they pick up that book, Top Ten Sales okay. Tips for College. And, and that's sort of led, Go ahead. You sort of led right into my next question. I was okay. getting ready to ask you to share two of the tips, two tips. You, you say you talk, you talk about, like, techniques, strategies, but can you share two tips that people listening to the show today can walk away with and put into practice? Can you share two tips that you discuss in Top Ten Sales Tips for College Students? Here on Off the Shelf, two tips that people can walk away with and put into practice right after they finish listening to the show. You know, most important is, is when you're talking about pitching. You know, we hear a lot about the term elevator pitch, you know, and your elevator pitch or your pitch is the, elevator, the term elevator pitch is based on if you meet someone on the elevator, by the time you off the elevator, can you have closed them on an appointment or a meeting, right? Not necessarily on your product. And I think that's a, you know, if I could share that, that will be the second to But if I could share, don't try to sell people on the first conversation, right? Mm. But you have your pitch together, and your pitch does some things for you. It's an introduction. It tells them about who you are, who your company is, builds a little credibility. I shared one yesterday. I was um, being interviewed on Clubhouse, and I said, you know, I would go to companies or I called them, and I'd be like, hi, you know, I am Joyce Johnson. You know, I'm, I'm a sales professional. Before I even talk about my company, I say, I am a sales professional here in the Houston market. I've sold in this market 20 years to other companies like yours, right, in this oil and gas market. You've been in Houston, you're going to sell some oil and gas. But I'm building my own personal credibility. Before I even talk about my company, I'm telling them why Joyce, why you should talk to me. So I'm Joyce Johnson, been in this business for 20 years, selling in the Houston market. I've sold to other oil and gas companies. I represent this company, and through my experience with this company, I have worked with 
um, your competitors and customers that are aligned to your business segment, I understand this has happened in your business. You know, you've read an article about them. You know something that's going on. You've heard a radio show. Your CEO said that this is a challenge for you. I think I can help you. Mm. Please, you know, so then they're like, okay, so you know something about my business. You're experienced in working with my business, other companies like mine, right? And then you, you, you say, I think I can help you, right? How can you help? How can you serve them? So the light bulb is going off, and then you say, please share two dates and times that works best for you to connect. And I know a lot of sales books and shows and videos you guys are listening to is going to tell you, oh, ask them if they're available on Wednesday afternoon or Thursday morning. Give them those choices. But they can still say no. They can say, no, I'm not available Thursday afternoon or or Wednesday evening, right? But when you say give me two dates or times that work best for you, that means that they are, they look at their calendar, they're available at those times, you pick one, and then you show up. Ah, okay. And, yeah, and you give them, they feel like they're driving, they're driving the process. Right. Even though, right. yeah, more more you are. Okay, that is a great, That thank you for sharing that. Do you have yeah. even one more you could share uh, on here on Off the Shelf with our listeners? And these are in well, the book, correct? These are in the book so people... So people can people when people hear you sharing these tips and they're like, okay, I get it, I get it, and you say, and there's so much more in the book, and they're like, okay, these are great tips, Absolutely. I got to get the book, I got to get the book because. Absolutely. So is there even one more you could share with us, our listeners? They could walk away like that's one you could walk away and use that. I don't care what you're trying to sell. You could walk away selling books. Yeah. You could walk away if you're, you're trying to get a job. That could work even trying to get a job, that tip you just shared. Is there even one more tip that you'd like to share with our listeners this morning? Absolutely. So that was actually two in one. I want you guys to write that down. One, you have a pitch. And two, I'm sharing with you how to best close the appointment. Okay. So even okay. You, so you can go back, right? You can go back, and if you haven't closed an appointment with someone, and you're going back and you're saying, oh, are you available Thursday? And they're like, no, I'm not. Are you available Friday? No, I'm not. Just go back and say, you know, please share two dates and times that work best for you. And it may not be this month or this week or what have you, but you now have a scheduled appointment on your calendar that you can go tell, um, sell to someone. And I know a lot of people have in their funnel people who they haven't been able to get on their calendar. So now you have a new technique to use. But to share another one in the book, um, Top 10 Sales Tips for College Grads, I actually show you how to write a 90-day plan. If you're out there working and you haven't planned your work, you need to sit down and, and do some planning, right? You need to understand what your business goals are and then back things out for your business goals. If your goal is to sell $100,000 in business over the next three months, you need to ask yourself, what does it take to do that? Mm. How many people do I need to see? How many, you know, how many appointments do I need to have? How many deals do I need to close? And you need to have a plan. You need to plan out um, prospecting, what, you know, two hours a day. You know, maybe one day you're prospecting in the morning, one day you're prospecting in the evening, but you need to have a plan and these include prospecting two hours a day every day. Yeah. That, you know, planning it out and not – one thing I have to discipline myself on, uh, you don't – expecting it just to happen because you prayed for it or you, – you do have to, in this world, walk it out. And, and that – I really, really, really encourage people. I know people with good intentions, well-meaning, but they just think if they pray about it, it'll just automatically happen. That, for me, has, has not often been my experience. I've had to research, take the right steps, see what's worked, trial and error, and keep my goal in mind and keep moving toward it. That's what's worked for me. Right. You know, and it sounds like you were talking about when you say, you know, preparation, you know, plus um opportunity equals a win. And so what I'm sharing people in the book is I actually write a plan out, right? I actually do a 90-day plan and say, you know, so if that's the plan that works for them, great. If they need to tweak it, great. But you have to have a plan. I would always say to my um, sellers, hope is not a plan. Yes. You You know what, and I'm telling you, in this in this world where you it's so much and it's good to have faith and by all means it's good, 
but it's self-help books and, you know, if you think it. And you at some point are going to have to get down and start taking some action. At some point you're going to have to stir up your courage and start taking some action. Now I wanted to ask you next, can you give us an example of networking with intent? Not just showing up at an event. We hear the term networking. Everything, like I said, I think so much of life is about relationships. But you don't just show up to an event and talk to people and say, how are you, how are you doing, and, and pass out business cards. Can you give us an example of networking with intent? Absolutely. You know, one of the things I share often, and it's in the book as well, is that when you go out networking, um, be intentional about it. You know, and networking for me, I tell people, is better to have one connect, right? When you're intentful, intentful in your networking, you need to go and you need to plan on connecting with someone, right? And what I mean by connecting, especially when you're looking for opportunities to sell, you may not meet the person um, that is going to be your customer, but you may meet the person that can give you many referrals. And when you meet that person, instead of bouncing off to the next person so you can grab a lot of business cards or contacts, you need to spend more time getting to know that person and building on that connection. So whatever you guys found that brought you together, whether you attended the same college, you grew up in the same area, you have the same hobbies, you need to spend a little bit more time talking to that person so that when you leave there and the next day you call that individual's office, even if you call two days later, they remember who you are and say, oh, absolutely, put him, put him or her through, right? Build yes. a relationship, right? Because a connection is a relationship. Mm, so Versus COVID. going to in a networking event and you're, you're grabbing, you know, 10, 20 cars, numbers or what have yeah. you, and no one remembers who you are. Ah. Take time to make connections. And you go, you, 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 you go, you go to an event, you you can't hit every event, but you go knowing I'm going there, and I've heard that this COO is going to be there, or a CEO, or somebody who's who can, like you say, they have the referrals they that they can refer to me, and I'm going to there to intentionally introduce myself and start a relationship with these three people. Even if you go out and you meet other people, but that's your intent. That's something that I is new. I, I, uh, th- with the people I've worked around with in sales, that's something new that I've heard. And others may do it, but they just don't talk about it. Because I've always heard just network, work the room, network, work the room, network, work the room. But networking with intent, these are the pe- I'm, I'm I want to introduce myself to these two or three people, and this is the reason why. Right. And then build out on that relationship. And they may not be the two or three people for you, so I don't want you to get tied to those people. Okay, okay. They now, may not be the mean? two or three people that you connect with. Okay. So stay open. Right. As well and keep working. Stay up. open, keep working. right? If, yes. Yeah. If you're trying to talk to that person and, and it just doesn't, I mean, you know, when, you know when you have a connection with someone, right? You know when it clicks. If it's not clicking, great meeting you. Enjoy the rest of the evening. Hopefully we'll connect again at some other time and move around. Go just move around. You're there, there. so say your goal should be: I'm going to build three connections, not I'm going to see these three people. Okay. What if they're not there? Ah, okay. What if they don't show up? Right. And then if they're and if they're really popular, right? If they're if they're top people, CEOs, you're not going to be the only one there to meet them. They may not be able to get to you. Right. Right. Sometimes it's better to build a connection with the influencer than it is to build a connection with the person you're trying to connect to. Mm. Because if you build a connection with someone that's an influencer in that person's organization or in that person's life, you're in anyway. Right, And there's nothing better to go in as a referral. There's nothing better than to have someone say, you know, I met Denise, we were at this event, she was amazing, and, and they're going to remember everything about you. You know, she told me she was from the Ohio area, you know, she has books, she's a journalist, she's really awesome. I think it would be beneficial to our organization if you sat down and, and talked to her. You know, we have to set your own appointment at that time. There, there you go. Someone's doing there it for you. Go. you. 
Yeah, so approaching that sales from several different angles. Now, what do you mean, Joyce, when you say don't sell alone? Is this part of what you're talking about when you say don't sell alone? But that that is part of what I'm talking about. But the most part, when I've been in the book, when I say don't sell alone, I mean that there's a lot of people in your organization. And if you feel like you're not going to win a deal, you need to understand why. You need to take, and if you don't understand why, you need to go take someone out on an appointment with you. You need to have someone listen into that meeting. If you can't find information that you you know that's readily available to you, go find a resource within your organization that can give that to you. Go talk to your leader and say, "Here's a gap that I have, and I feel like if I have this, I can close this deal." But if you just sit there on your own trying to close a deal and you haven't engaged your leadership team, you haven't engaged your technical support, you haven't engaged your marketing team, if you haven't done everything you could to build a relationship and to serve that customer and you lose the deal, then shame on you. Very, very important. So don't work in a silo. That is something that I think uh, across, even across big organizations is worth being stressed. Uh, especially even if somebody's an experienced salesperson, that's if they have a lot of success. You could tell them you could have double the success if you engage yes. more people. If you engage more people, get more uh, of more of your partners, get more engage more people in the process to help you get even more sales across the finish line. That's an important thing to remember. The planning part, the planning part, networking with intention and and engaging others. So you don't feel like yeah. you have to sell alone. And those are very, very important. Yeah, and if I may, Jack, you know, even when you're um, a business owner, right, because it, it can be a lonely, you know, a lonely world sometimes for us business owners. You know, think about if you're going after a contract, if you really have what it takes to get the contract. And if you don't, think about what company or entrepreneur or contractor you can bring on to your organization to help you, you know, and proposing and winning that business, and you hire that person for that particular project. You, you, you know, sometimes oh, well, then I have to split. Right, I have to split the commissions. You know what? Well, well, if you don't win, zero of a hundred is a you know a hundred a zero. Zero of a hundred is zero, right? Yeah, and you, you're sharing you, you're sharing a, a lot of gold nuggets or pearls here on off the shelf. <laughs> This morning now, for our listeners who are who are book authors or entrepreneurs, and they could be entrepreneurs in a, a, a wide, diverse range of different fields or industries, can you tell us why follow-up is so important? So you've, you've, you've made that elevator pitch. You've done, you've approached somebody at a networking event, and you've networked with intent, and no response. Or you got those two uh, dates up uh, uh, which state is best for you? They and at the last minute they tell you they can't make it. They have a conflict. What? What? Tell us why follow up is so important. Why do you not just stop when they say no? Because sometimes you know it's um, the book of the four agreements. I think it is the uh, four agreements. It says don't take it personal. A lot of times it's not personal, and we're taking it personal when we don't follow up. Ah. Right. Our 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 business contacts are consumers. They're human beings. They're people, right? Things happen in their life. Things happen in business that sometimes get distracted or throw them. I can tell you when you ask the one for two dates and times that are best for them, and if they don't make that one day, they're going to feel obligated to create a new date for you. Mm. Okay. And so when you're not following up, you're missing opportunities. Right, because the person who follows up is going to get that opportunity, and it may be an opportunity that you created, but you dropped the ball and you didn't follow up. And you have to follow up sometimes multiple times, and it may just be sending them some information or insight, something that you read that you share you think that's important to them, especially if you had an opportunity to meet that person direct already and you know something that's important to them. You know, it may just be a touch point without asking for the appointment, but touching them to let them know that they're still on your radar and that you're still there if they need you. You know, so sales, like anything else, you guys, is not magic. This stuff doesn't just happen. There it's are not techniques. Magic. No, there are techniques, and it takes, like you say, and that's the second time I heard that book. I was listening to a, a, a an event at a large corporation uh just the other day, and somebody 
a woman mentioned that book, so I have to get it. The Four Agreements. She said it's a game changer. Yes. She said, she said it's, and it's then you just one. mentioned it. You just mentioned it. So I said, okay, I got to get that book. That's the second time I've heard it in the span of less than two days. So it's like, okay. Got to go get it. Got to go get it. So um, can you talk about one to, one of the five things that people need to know? We're shifting gears a little bit here for our off-the-shelf yes. listeners. We're shifting gears with Miss Joyce Johnson. I am Joyce Johnson. You guys got to visit her online. So talk about one of the five things that people need to know to get a job today that you cover in your book, Get a Job Today, Five Things You Need to Know. Can you just share one of the things you talk about in that book? You know, since we're so heavy in sales, I'm going to say one thing you need to know is you need to know how to ask for the job. You need to close it. You need to know how to learn how to close. A lot of times sales professionals don't get business because they do everything right except for ask for the business. And a lot of times you go on a job interview and you walk out that interview, you haven't asked for the job. You know, and especially in the sense of it's a sales job, you don't ask for the job, I'm not going to hire you because if you didn't ask me for the job, you're not going to ask the customer for the business, right? So I think it's important to learn how to close out an interview. I think it's important to be able to say, you know, Mr. and Mrs., you know, interviewer, um, you know, did we cover everything that you would like to hear from me today? Yes. Um, Based on what we've shared today during this interview, um, do you see me, you know, why am I a good person for your role, right? Could you see me in this role? Do you see how, where I could benefit your team and why? And then when they tell you why you can benefit their team, you, you know, you go back and you say, based on the fact that you said that I have this, I have that, and I have that, and it's beneficial to close gaps on your team, would you be willing to offer me the job today? And how many people, I'm telling you, I used to work in HR. I've never heard anybody even, how, how yeah, you, you, you're selling, you're in sales still. Yeah, you're you selling to, yourself. You are selling right. yourself to that hiring manager. You're selling yourself to that recruiter, and you're selling yourself along the sales. So you talk to the recruiter, and you, give the, you do a little pre-screen interview with the recruiter, and you say all these things with the recruiter. Before they hang up that phone, you ask them, what's the next step? And you ask them, based on our conversation, will you recommend me to the hiring manager? And you get them to say yes. And if they say no, you ask why. And if you left something out, now you're able to inject and maybe say that and then come back and ask them again if they're going to recommend you for the job to the hiring manager. You've got to ask for the business. You've got to ask for the job. So, And you know what, what I'm it? listening to you, for, to, for our off-the-shelf listeners, this takes sometimes, you know, flexibility. Uh, you have to be flexible and adaptable, and then you got to – sort of role with what the other person's <laughs> response is approachable and courageous. And what you said in the four agreements, that's a tip with Shane. Don't take it personal because the, re- the re- interviewer doesn't know you. The hiring manager generally doesn't know you, so it's nothing personal. Do you really want that job? Then you have to you have to close it like you're saying. Now, can you tell us about the impact? And it's so competitive right now. So the market is so oh, yeah. competitive that if you saw the list of other people applying for that role, you would know, and that's why you have to pull out every single trick that you have. Can you tell us about the impact, Joyce, that ongoing marketing and promotion, promoting Internet ads, social media ads, TV, radio, billboards, streaming ads, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, has on a new entrepreneur's ability so many people are doing so many things. I mean, you, you got people coming at you from every which way. As soon as you t- open up your email, there's an ad. As soon as you, you just can't get away from it. People are coming at you every angle. Your cell phone, text messages, all of this together. Can you tell us about the impact that this has on a new entrepreneur's ability to stand out, to stand out enough to gain traction and generate significant sales? Like you said, it's so competitive. Right. Yes, it's, it's very, it is very competitive. And, you know, I think um, it's a matter of people could, you know, make sure you're connecting to people, right, um, you know, in your branding, right, especially if you're a small business because they're going to, a lot of times people are going to connect to you. They're going to buy from you. 
And it's going to be something about you that makes that connection. And also, just consistency is key. I, I share it with my team all the time. Be consistent, right? And don't try to be all to all. If you know that you're getting better responses on, on Facebook, spend your time, spend your money there. If you're getting better responses on LinkedIn, spend your time, spend your money there. There's programs that we market stronger on one network than we do the others. And there's a reason for that because we know that certain audiences navigate to certain things. Mm. Okay. So that's a little bit of maybe market research. And then a mm-hmm. lot of people, are, are they, they've, they've tested different things and they know what works. And another shortcut is if you can, if there is somebody like Joyce Johnson who's, or she and her team have tested several things, you can save yourself a lot of time and take a shortcut. Like you're taking a race and somebody home. Don't reinvent the wheel. Absolutely. I tell my team all that all the time. Yeah, don't reinvent the wheel. If it works for for someone else, more than likely, if we're aligned in our business goals, it's going to work for us. Right? Don't spend your time, you know, and all day and all night trying to think of something new to do. There's very few things that's going to come up that's going to be newer that someone else isn't thinking of or thought of. So when you yes, see so something you like that resonates with you, that you think is a good tactic, if it if it's sold to you, it's going to sell your customers. Repackage it, rebrand it. Don't take someone's, you know, if it says, you know, trademark or something. But if it's a, a video or if it's some um, content or a certain language, a rewording of something in the way that you word it, reword it that way and put it out there if it pertains to your business. And you can also learn from people like you. You can tell you have a lot of knowledge and experience for our off-the-shelf listeners. Another shortcut is you can just learn from somebody. And I think Anthony yes. Robbins said this years ago, he said, why start from square one? If somebody has already done the market research, they've done the trial and error, they know what works and doesn't, whether it's with for book writers, it could be Amazon ads, it could be with book, bookstore signings going to virtual or in-person book events and selling books. They know what works and how to move those books. And if they've written something on it or they have a course, why you could maybe jump on what they're doing and save yourself 10 years of work. And so I just wanted to, once again, (laughs) yes, to our listeners here, we are interviewing as we're coming down with less than 15 minutes in a day. So Joyce Johnson, and she's at, her website is IamJoyceJohnson.com, and it's spelled just the way it sounds, IamJoyceJohnson.com. And some of the books she's written, which we've touched on some of them, Why Sales for College Students, Top Ten Sales Tips for College Grads, and Get a Job Today, Five Things You Need to Know. Those are just among some of the books she's written. Again, IamJoyceJohnson.com. Now, Joyce, I want to ask you as we start to close out the interview, yeah. uh, what have you found that gets better results for our listeners uh, online or offline marketing and promotion efforts. What have you found that gets you the best results? I think what, um, you know, recently, um, you know, Clubhouse has been new, right? And I think with Clubhouse, you know, I did a Clubhouse show yesterday, and there was maybe, there was um, a couple hundred people on, and then next thing you know, 30 of those people converted to like me and share on Instagram. So that's, that was an, you know, yes. And so I've already had two of those people reach out to me. So I spent an hour and a half being, I spent an hour and a half being interviewed, right? 30 of those people converted to my Instagram and two of them have already reached out. Ah, okay. So you, you so you think online so speaking is live, more, speaking live to people and giving people information just like what we're doing right now. Okay. Whether you're doing it online you or know, offline. Yeah. I read it's online, offline sharing and giving people information that they need to know. What have readers been saying about your books? You know, I think people really love the fact that it takes the stress of um sales off, you know, of them. You know, I recommend, like I said, the top 10 sales tips for college grads. My publisher keeps saying is I need to repackage it, right, and <laughs> just say top 10 sales tips um, because it's really for anyone. And when I have people buy that book and read it, they have that aha moment. 
you know, of, of sales and more than anything, just how to put together an effective sales plan. So I recently just wrote a sales training program, How to Win in Sales, that we're going to be selling on my company, Y Sales Network. Went into the studio in Atlanta and recorded and everything a couple of weeks ago. So it'll be live in October. And one of the things there is just telling, you know, sharing with people best practices. And then I'm going to bring them in for a day and a half, business owners, and show them how to put together a sales strategy. And I think people think that you, a lot of times, that you just start the job. And the reason I wrote the top 10 sales tips for college graduates is because we're, you know, I, I, my theory was, okay, we're tired of people showing up to corporate with their driver's license social security number. You need to come prepared for the job and understand what the job is, right? <laughs> so that, that, that was my motivation behind writing that book. And um, so, you know, I think people need, you know, they they like the fact that they, um, the feedback has been, oh, the light bulb went off about sales planning. You have to have a plan. And you have to work yeah. that plan. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can you tell us about, as we close out, can you tell us about the March 2021, which has been months ago, Cancun mm-hmm. Escape? What was that experience like? <laughs> That that experience was for authors. It was for aspiring authors. And I had a group of people that had written books already. Um, you know, everyone's supposed to go to Cancun. Everyone did make the trip, but my team and I made it, and some other people's um, soul made it, and then we went virtual. And it was a great experience because, you know, people want to know about writing, you know, the process of writing, and what it actually takes to publish a book and get it out there and to sell your book. And I think people will find that people write books for different reasons, right? For me, it wasn't about um, being the number one seller on Amazon, but it was about being able to have something to give out to college students, to have something to give out to sales professionals. And, of course, when I go speak, to, you know, have people be able to buy something that they can take away from, you know, what they just learned from me. And so everyone had different plans and different marketing plans on how they um, put their books out there. And so I think from our, um, you know, listeners' engagements there, it was just like, wow, thank you. I've been wanting to write a book, and I, it's a scary thing sometimes to make the decision to write a book and actually become an author. And uh, people really appreciated the share from all, from all the different authors that we had on the panel. Okay, now what inspired you? You do, you do, Joyce. You just do so much. What inspired you to launch Y Sales Network? With not Y Sales Network, you know, it was still about a lot. Well, when I initially launched, it was still a lot about my college babies, and you know. But then when I talked to them, they're like, Joyce, we're adults now. We're millennials. We need something different from you. <laughs> but it was about just taking my love for mentorship. You know, I've mentored a lot of people in my years in corporate, and um, about my love for mentorship. And my, and my love for sales and really been able to introduce the sales profession to people and not just introduce it to them but give them tools to help them be successful. So that's what, what Y Sales Network does. And what are some of those services that are, that are offered through for listeners who might be interested or maybe their children interested in, in working with mm-hmm. Y Sales Network? What are some of the services that are offered through, that, through the network? The Y Sales Network, again, we're revamping the website. Most of it's on there, though. We, the Y Sales Network, we have webinars monthly for people to listen into where we're educating people about sales. The last one we just had this month is um, was selling on Clubhouse, teaching people how to go and sell on Clubhouse. Um, we have the, um, our quarterly events. We have Meet the Recruiter events to help people understand what it takes, what recruiters are looking for, do an interview process, and what they need to do to go out and successfully get a job because we want to be able to help people get sales jobs, right? And then um, we have our annual conference. We had our annual conference in June um, 2021, the new sales era, where we um, had speakers come in and talk to people about what it takes to be successful in sales in this new virtual, you know, not even post-COVID, still in COVID space. Right? What does it take to be successful in selling there? Um, you know, there's um, sales, there's programs for colleges where I go out and I talk to college students and um, about sales and you know navigating the corporate pie, which can also be something a speech that I do in adult um, form as well. But navigating the corporate pie and that's performance, image, and exposure. How do you navigate your life in um, corporate so that you not only just be in sales, but if you're interested in leadership or something else, how do you get there? And then, um, like I said, I recently I've um, written the um, new, a new curriculum, How to Win in Sales, 
um, that's going to teach people how to operate in that B2B space. And particularly for our entrepreneurs and small business owners, it's going to teach them, you know, what sales is, you know, all about. Because in that space, a lot of people, you know, we start our businesses because we have a hobby. We have something we love, we're passionate about, we invented something. And then now we're like, ah, we got to go sell it. And what does that look like? And then we're like, oh, we, we are growing. We need to hire a sales team. Well, what does that look like? You know, how do we inspect what we expect and how do we grow our business? So that how to win and sales um, curriculum is, um, like I said, we're about to do pre-sales on it, and then it will be available in October. Wow. Now, when and why, I definitely have to ask you this as we're coming down to the last few minutes, but a lot of our yes, listeners ma'am. love books. When and why did you start? Your co-authoring program. My co-authoring program, you know, it's been a journey, <laughs> and we just got a date that we're going to have our, our uh, you know, oops, I'm sending an email out today that we're going to have our, our virtual book launch on October 23rd. I started that program, and it's because every time I talk to someone, they ask me about me being an author, you know, what was the process like, what made me do it, how did I get started? And and there's so many stories out there, and people all say, wow, I wish I had the time to write. I wish I had the money to do it or what have you. Mm-hmm. The co-author program <clears throat> offers that to people, right? So the co-author program says you only have to write one chapter, 2,500-plus words, right, one chapter. You don't have to write the whole book. Let's take some baby steps, right? <laughs> and then yeah. it gives them an opportunity to share they're amazing stories with other people. And, you know, I was sharing with someone that growing up I would read these books by J. California Cooper, and in every chapter, like, she had a different story she would start. And it was oh, so I wonderful. Right? <laughs> right? And it was so wonderful to me to read these different stories. It's like you picked up several books, but they're all in one, right? And even like mm-hmm. the Chicken Soup series, the same thing with yeah. Chicken Soup series. You're reading all these different stories. And that's what co-authoring is to me. And I wanted to be able to – I was a little scary, but I, I agreed to go in with my publisher and co-publish this book. There are so many great leadership styles out there. Leadership just isn't a title. You know, there's people in different roles that are still leaders, and I wanted those stories to be heard, and I wanted to give people an opportunity to share their stories. Ah, which sounds like some of the visionistas. Can you tell us about a few of the visionistas you've met and worked with over the years? Yeah, you know, um, Shay Sparks, her birthday is today. I just saw that. I got to reach out to Shay Shay. <laughs> you know, but uh, it's funny how you and, and Kim Lotz and um, Kim Gagne, you know, Kim Gagne, um, you know, worked with the Steve Harvey Group and production of family. Kim Lotz um, owns daycares here in Houston. She's a, a powerhouse businesswoman. Shay helps and works with veterans. And, um, you know, meeting those women, um, Stephanie Palmer, you know, we've all had – something in common, and we were able to connect. We may not have connected had it not been um, part of a shared platform like a co-authoring program. And another thing co-authoring allows you to do is you take everyone's brand and everyone's customer base and everyone's reach, and now people are buying the book, right? It's being purchased in more places and more different places. It's been expanded and, and promoted in more places. So I'm really excited about the Color Outside the Lines, um, Extraordinary Stories of Leadership um, co-author program. And like I said, it's going to be available October 23rd. So we're excited about that. Okay. Ramping up, ramping up. Where can off-the-shelf listeners get copies of your books, Joyce? Um, I have an author page on Amazon, but if you go to Amazon.com, um, you can purchase all of my books. You can actually go to my website, IamJoyceJohnson.com, um, and it just links you back, back to Amazon on most of those books. A few, um, the the one on interviewing tips, that's a download from the website, so you can buy that right from the website. Um, there's another ebook download, How to Reinvent Yourself, um, where I just talk about the process of reinvention, because sometimes you need a, a life refresh. <laughs> and so yeah, I, I talk about that. And you will know when that time arrives. You just know I can't go anywhere. You will know when that time arrives. Don't <laughs> fight it. Don't <laughs> fight it. Just do it. You just need a refresh. Yes. And, and then any upcoming speaking engagements that you can share with our listeners and social net, social media networks where people can find you. Um, on social, um, all of my tags are at I am Joyce Johnson. So um, I am Joyce Johnson on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, um, and Twitter. 
and then we have Y Self Network and you know Y Self Network um, on LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram also. Okay, we have been had the absolute pleasure, and I always tell you guys if you came in mid show, you were busy this morning. You came in on the end of the show, and you're like, man, I missed it. When the show finishes streaming, you can go back and listen to it in his archives. Share it, share it, share it. She sells so shared so many awesome tips that I think anybody could use. And so we've had the pleasure of having Joyce Johnson, the author, well, she's the founder of the Wise Sales Network, which we touched on today. And some of the books she's written include Wise Sales for College Students, Top 10 Sales Tips for College Grads, and Get a Job Today, Five Things You Need to Know. You can visit her online at imjoycejohnson.com spelled exactly the way it sounds. Thank you so much, Joyce, for being here Thank with us you. from Texas, Texas today, oh, yeah. and all that you shared, <laughs> including your wonderful self. And, and to each off-the-shelf listeners, as I always tell you, you are so amazing. You're so awesome and incredible. Go out and create a fabulous day for yourself. See you back here next Saturday at 11 a.m. when we'll have another awesome guest Joyce, thank you so much. I'll send you a link to the show when it finishes streaming. Bye for now. Bye-bye.